Shamrock, my ass. This is Andre Iskana, and you listen to Bay of Black Water. You're gonna need a bigger mug. We have such sights to show you. You don't know what that is. What's up, man? Not much, man. Not much. <laughs> so we are back for, uh, I guess you'd say, the, our New Year's show. This is a couple of days after, but, you know, is what it is, right? We were yeah. talking about New Year's Evil. Um, an interesting movie. I'll, I'll say that, but we'll get to that when we start talking about it. Um, so how was your New Year? Um, the same as it usually is. Um, yeah. We don't do a lot more these days, but we do make a point to, you know, to stay up, uh, uh, to, uh, ring in the new year. I think actually this year, uh, the high point was watching, um, on the last hour before midnight, watching, uh, uh, the X-Files, the, uh, episode Ascension, which, um, is part of that two-parter with Dwayne Barry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and Ascension, uh, uh, is our first, um, when, uh, Scully gets abducted, right? Um, mm-hmm. because of her real life pregnancy. <laughs> so we had to have the aliens come snag her away for a little bit while she has her baby in real life. I love that. I really do. It is, that's gotta be two, two of the best episodes. Of course, you know, I'm covering it, right? with yep. in my X-Files season thing and uh at least up to now up to episode 6 season 2 this is the best I think the best two-parter I think the only uh I think the only other real two-parter was um Tombs of course had his um mm-hmm. squeeze and then Tombs um and uh 
I always forget what the guy's name is, but uh, uh, Irresistible is the first one, and then like seasons later, it's Orson. Mm. Yeah, it's that guy that has that fetish with the dead people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm 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 having an absolute blast uh, just covering uh, this, and um, <laughs> I it's I wasn't sure how it would go. Right? I mean, you know. Yeah. You're so close to something, and usually when you're that close to something, it never really works out the way you want yeah. for whatever stupid reason. But I think there's been enough years removed from, like, really – because, I mean, the only X-Files episodes that we ever really watch are the automatic go-tos. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, for my wife, it's uh, – it's uh, was it Bad Blood, um, the vampire one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where I love it, where Mulder uh, puts the stake in the kid, and then he realizes he's got the false, he's got the false fangs. <laughs> and I love it. He's just like right, right as the music is about to kick, and he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, you gotta love it. You really uh, triangle is a go-to. Um, uh, the one where he's in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh yeah. Um, that's a that's an easy go-to. Um. Uh, Arcadia is a go-to. I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you have a do you have a couple favorite X Files episodes you just love to watch time to time? Honestly, um, I don't know. I mean, I know. Uh, I'm just trying to think of one. I, I like the one with uh, you know the inbred people. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I like. I, I don't know if, if I like it just because it's so twisted. Or, that, or whether, you know. Is that the one called Our Town, maybe? Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I check. X-Files in red. Family. Uh, Home. Home, that's it, yeah. Yeah. That, that one was, was very twisted. And maybe that's why I like it, you know? Um, also dug that one, uh, Stephen King wrote. I can't remember what it was. I, th- I seem to remember. It's been a long time since I watched it. I seem to think it was like a. Um, let me take a look. Stephen King X Files. Uh, Chinga. I didn't realize he wrote that. Yep. Yeah. Tenth episode of season five. I like season five, season four, season five, season six. Those those might be the three best. Mm. You was... know, it, it's it's just cool. You know, I, I like, I kind of like almost like the one-offs. You know that that aren't really connected to anything else. Uh, just the monster of the week episodes. Yeah, you know, I, I my my only issue with the X Files was when it started. Everything started getting like connected and i mean in a way that like that's a good thing that's a good story you know like a story beat but at the same time it was like i i liked it just as a you know like like cole jack the night stalker you know the monster of the week type thing it was like they're almost like you know their own self little self-contained movies you know the surprise for me so far i think is how early the mythology that arc of what would ultimately be with 11 seasons mm-hmm. uh, how early it gets established 
Oh yeah, well I I I, I never know whether it was intentional. Like like they like they right at the beginning they were like this is how this entire story is going to go or whether it was just they were going along they're like you know what we had this interesting idea at the beginning let's bring that back and do more with it yeah i think it is a happy accident maybe i don't know i mean these are the things i should be more connected to and i'm just <laughs> i remember you know i remember just watching I was fortunate enough to catch it in its grand premiere, season one, episode one, mm-hmm. just to be there at the right time, right place. I don't know what it was that triggered me to it initially, but um this probably is the only real TV show that I actually latched onto right from the beginning and watched it all the way through. Um mm-hmm. you know, We got to season five finale. You, everyone knew the film, the first film was coming out that summer. And, um, or the following summer, I guess, uh, whenever it was. And, um, you know, so that was a big event for me and my, my wife. Mm-hmm. And so X-Files is just something that we sort of, you know, I guess sort of did together. Yeah. Which was really, you know, really cool. But, uh, uh, Dwayne Barry, uh, the one that precedes Ascension, that's, uh, Chris Carter's directorial debut. Oh, wow. And he wrote it, um, <laughs> as well. I, that was kind of, uh, it, it's little things like, uh, there's an episode a few back where Tony Todd is the main antagonist. You gotta love Tony Todd. Anything you put him in makes something more classy. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I don't care how you, you could put him in the most, you know, schlocky, like horrible, like piece of trash movie, and it would make it a classier thing just just by having him in it. That's the beauty about covering a TV show like that. Like that was that was one of that was one of the best moments for me going through Space 1999 was the guest appearances, whether it was yeah, you know, um, whether it was Christopher Lee and one or. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Cushing in one, I think. Uh, uh, my standout favorite, though, was when Richard Johnson um, was a guest. Mm. Um, that was fantastic. That was one of the best episodes of Space Nine for me. Um, and uh, But, you know, just seeing the guest appearances along the way and having forgotten everyone who actually, you know, mm. did their due diligence to be part of the X-Files. It's going to be fun continuing on you know, seeing that. So, um, real, real quick, what kind of, um, uh, uh, Christmas loot did you get? We just had Christmas. How was it? Oh yeah. I, I did pretty decent, honestly. I mean, uh, I didn't get a whole lot of stuff like, but you know, I got some vinyl. I got a couple of, um, mortician LPs. Happy about that. I actually got, uh, the Blu-rays of, um, ghost stories for Christmas from the BBC. So I'm looking forward to watching those. Uh, what else? Um, I got, you know, got some books, got some other movies and stuff that I uh, got myself for Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been, been a good little uh, haul, to say the least. <laughs> and I got my big-ass... Darth Revan statue, which I'm very happy about. <laughs> nice. Um, I got a handful of movies, um, 
course, uh, we've already talked about it a little bit, but uh, the Grindhouse edition of ha- Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, yeah. I yeah, swore but... for a second there you were going to say Hannibal Holocaust. Okay. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, that's my new name for this movie. Dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we need a movie entitled that for sure, I think. Um, yeah. got a bunch of stuff for, uh, you know, everything coming down, body bags down the road. Um mm. The Hidden, which I can't – it's been absolutely forever and a day since I saw this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but I got that. The uh, Lost After Dark. Um, I, that movie is so good. I love the tag on the on the uh, cover, uh, and you thought the 80s were dead. That just sounds so freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that movie, it's, it's pure 80s slasher love. I can't. I cannot wait. You you don't know how many times I saw this out in the wild on the shelf, held it in my hand, and then put it back, and then eh, it'll always be there. And then of course, like yeah. Every, um, but I got I kind of like really super cheap on Blu-ray. It was only like ten bucks, I think. That um, yeah, you can't go wrong at that price. That's no. that's something that you know, I've I've said before, you know, and uh, you know I say this actually in my. Uh, in my review for uh what is it not not coming up uh next week but the week after the on body bags are uh random week i got um what was it uh haunting of the queen mary i Ooh. reviewed that and you know <laughs> it's it's okay. okay um but i say in the review you know i paid 10 bucks for it so when you pay 10 bucks for a movie, even if it's crap, you know, it's not wasted. And if you happen to get something really good, you feel you, you know, you're like, damn, I, like I scored the jackpot. And I'll tell you right now, um, you scored the jackpot with that one. Cause that's a damn good movie. That, that's a movie. If you paid 24 bucks for it on Blu-ray, it would still be worth it. What is this? Uh, what is this? For? Oh, this is for Anchor Bay Week, uh, Anchor yeah. Bay volume, volume Two Week. Um, I think the hidden is for '80s theme. Um, and then, uh, oh, this one I was a gift. Um, I I so wanted this so bad and got it. It's uh, film. De- it might be my first film detective release. Um, Battle of the Worlds, Antonio Margarati. Nice. Uh, it's dark. Claude Rains this is such a freaking awesome movie. Um, oh, yeah. You throw so... Claude Rains in anything. Again, another actor that just makes, no matter what he's in, it makes it more classy with him being in it. And the fact that he would want to do a project with Antonio says a lot about uh, him as a director, even that early on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I got a cool uh, creature feature that uh, me and the boys watched actually a few nights ago from '79, mm. The Bog. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the cover, uh, Bog, a creature from the glacial age awakens to kill, kill, and kill again. <laughs> uh, that was one of those movies where they wait to like the very end to show you what the creature looks like. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and then you finally see the creature, and you're like, that's why we waited the whole length of the movie. Well, that's good. I mean, th- there's nothing worse than you know waiting right to the end, and then you show it, and you're just like, oh, 
Well, like, it, had, it, it had a sort of, oh, but at the same time, we're like, okay, well, it's not really that bad. Uh, you yeah. could have found ways of giving us glimpses, but they didn't, I don't think they gave you anything for the most yeah. part. It was pretty much everything was off screen. Um, and then of course, I, you know, I guess I counted in, in my Christmas loot, um, uh, of course I did the bo- unboxing for the stuff you sent me, which I'm mm-hmm. very appreciative, but, uh, the standout of course is the one I'm still glowing over and that is the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, word print. Oh yeah. Which every time I say that, of course, I, I think work shed. shed. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, I, freaking, yeah. Uh, Mike, I got a question though. Mm-hmm. How do you get to the trick or treats? Cause I, I, on the menu screen, I've tried a million different ways and I can't seem to find them. Um, there, there, there aren't any. It just happened to be on the okay, cover. Okay. Yeah, you well, know, good. I, I was going insane. Yeah, yeah. I um, sat there for about a half an hour just messing with my. No, not really that long, but <laughs> I'm yeah. like, damn, where is it? Where is it? I should have really edited it back my a little bit. <laughs> um, no, good stuff though. And you, by the way, it, we're when we drop this, it would have already been out for a while, but. uh if you're curious to know more about the work print, um, I did do it for body bags. It's actually dropping as we record. It'll drop tonight at midnight. So nice. a little lengthy, but, uh, you know, if you, you know, break it up into little, pe- I'm trying to best Lonnie, our uh, Saturday reviewer. So I think I finally did. Oh, um, he'll take that as a challenge and come back next week with like an hour and a half long short, video. Short of late, hasn't he? He's been putting out. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, he has. Yeah, you never know. He might jump back in. Like, we'll come in and be like three hour episode. You know, ju- just him talking about like some random movie. <laughs> All right. So before we get started, you want to do a quick run through this uh, bloody disgusting? Did this twenty twenty four horror preview? Yeah. So apparently, we got like fifty horror movies coming this year. So um, get at it right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I got it right up. Right now, let's so just, let's just fly through this real quick. Uh, Mayhem, January fifth. Yeah, that seems uh, kind of neat, just because it's by the guy that did Frontiers. That's what caught my eye. Yeah, I, I don't know how it will be, but you know, we'll um, see. Night, Night swim. That, I, I don't. That, know. I saw the tr- TV spots. And I'm like, eh. I mean, I I don't know that there's. I think there's some potential there. When's the last time we saw an abduction through the pool? Was in um a house? Um, either that or um, what was it? Uh, oh, there, there's another movie. What's it called? The Drownsman. Mm-hmm. There was one there, yeah. Destroy, the, yeah. Destroy all neighbors, yeah. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's got splatter comedy with uh prog rock mayhem uh eh, maybe you know we'll we'll see iss yeah i saw the trailer for that was it minus one or oppenheimer i saw that in maybe it was a minus one Mm. did you catch the trailer uh, for iss when you saw no no not when i saw um not when i saw minus one um But yeah, it's an interesting idea, you know. Like, like what happens? You know, I'm I'm sorry. You know what it reminds me of? Why? Uh, this is a weird comparison, but Alien Two uh, on Earth. 
Yeah. It, 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 you know, just the idea that, you know, you go down into the cavern system and so everything that is happening topside, you're mm-hmm. getting to see in miniature within the confines of that cavern. Yeah. So this is kind of like that, right? Except you got nuclear war around the earth, but you're seeing the war waged out on the space station. Yeah. And, and it makes you wonder how it's going to turn out. Cause I mean, when, when you look at like, actual history like when the war in uh, ukraine broke out the people on the international space station even the russian ones were like we stand with ukraine so you know everyone was kind of you know together in that um so it makes you wonder you know definitely interesting then we got the seating um i don't know i i can't really figure out what this is about uh, it's a 70s piece for sure. Yeah. Hiker lost in the desert. Hmm. Uh, you made... Oh, you actually, actually, you know what? I think... I'm not sure, but I think that might be a remake of Woman of the Dunes, the Japanese huh. film. I remember hearing about that they were doing a remake of that, essentially, and it was, you know, something to do with the desert and a guy and a woman in the desert... It could be, you know, uh, it might be. I'd have to look into that a bit more closely. Then Lisa Frankenstein. Yeah, I, I see the, uh, the weird science inspired tale. Yeah, it's uh, written, written by Diablo Cody. She did, uh, she or he or whatever did, uh, Jennifer's body. So Jennifer's body was pretty good, honestly. Um, out of darkness. Yeah, uh, tell the origin, a paleolithic set film, hmm. Stone Age, that's it, you don't get those every day. No, you don't, because I mean, I, I mean, literally, how can you, how do you film that? It's like, um, they won't be talking, they'll be just making grunts, who knows. Out then we got, the, yeah, then we got, uh, Monolith. There we go. This could be interesting. Ooh, Lily Sullivan. Yeah. Uh, it could, it could be interesting. We'll see, you know. In History of Evil, um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Bag I, over the head? Yeah, I, I can't really uh, tell. We got a bag what, over the head in our movie too tonight. Yeah, we do. Uh, I can't really tell what that's about. I mean, a family on the run from an oppressive rule t- takes shelter in a remote safe house, but the ha- house harbors a dark, insidious past that seems to awaken. So it's either like a haunted type thing or it's like, you know, there are people already there or something. I don't know. Oh, well. <laughs> Next hmm. up, we got stop motion. Um... I I I don't know what to make of what I'm seeing here. The picture is creepy. I have no clue whether the movie will be any good or not, though. I don't know. Um, imaginary a stuffed bear <laughs> gets bloodthirsty. Nice. Well, um, I I have no problem with that. Stuffed bear horror. Here we go. Yeah. Um, 
Love lies uh, bleeding. Odd director here in the next one. Hmm. Yeah. Romantic thriller starring Christian Stewart as a gymnast falls for a bodybuilder. Okay, so essentially we have uh, a lesbian crime vengeance film. Okay, sure. Why not? Late Night with the Devil. That, that's that got a really weird picture there. That is... Um, you know what? I'm actually... That actually has me kind of intrigued. I mean, I'm... I'm not sure, but I'm thinking, you know, like exorcism on late night television. <laughs> oh, this one you're going to like. Next one you'll like. It uh, begins with a torrential downpour late one evening. Nice. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. That, that, that's going to be good. Uh, Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire. We all know about that. That's going to – honestly, I, I love the Ghostbusters movies, always have. Um, so I am really happy about this. When is that, and March 29th? Uh, yeah. I'll have to take the boys to that one. Definitely. Then we got The First Omen. Yeah, that's this is the one that really surprised me. I hadn't even heard about this. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've I heard that it was happening – but I was always like, how are you, how are you going to like, like, how are you going to tell a prequel to the omen? It's literally about like, uh, a jackal getting impregnated. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, as long as they don't show that on screen, I'll be very happy. I would prefer not to see that. <laughs> oh boy. Godzilla versus King Kong. Right. See, I think it's gonna that's gonna be a fun like um popcorn flick, but it is gonna be nowhere near the quality of minus one. Um yeah, Adam Wingard's directing yeah. that. Yeah, so you know what's that's that's pretty good. And the uh, writer did your next. That was a good movie. Um yeah, I saw that. I was out in the wild uh, not that long ago, uh, just a c- couple days ago. I saw that. I should have grabbed it, and I didn't. I love that movie, man. It, you, you've seen it, right? Uh, yeah, at least once. I, I just have to say, best death by blender ever in a film. Uh, untitled Universal Monster Thriller. Yeah, so we have literally, like, uh, let's see here. Uh... A group of criminals, but more they can chew and they kidnap a young girl. Um, okay, I can't think of any universal monster thing that would do that, like other than maybe like a Dracula movie, perhaps. Like if, uh, you know, they kidnap his victim or something and he doesn't like it, I don't know. I I really don't know. We'll see. Then we got Infested. Yeah. Oh, I know. So spiders. Nice. Been a while since we've had a good spider movie. Then Horror Scope. Um, Horror Scope readings gone bad. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just looking at some of these actors. I mean, um, Adrian Bradley was in Wrong Turn, the, the Foundation, a.k.a. the newest Wrong Turn movie, which is trash. I don't know. Uh, the, the one below the, this, though. Oh, this is the one that it, I'm intrigued by this. Rennie Harlan uh, directing The Strangers Chapter 1. That is going to be wild. Because, you know, I always liked the first Strangers movie. I liked Strangers 2 as well. I won't I won't call it by its name because I hate that name. Um, What's better, though, them, the French film, or The Strangers? It depends on what you saw first. I saw The Strangers first, so honestly, I prefer The Strangers. Um... There was there's just something about that ending scene in the strangers where she's like like why are you doing this she's just like because you were home that's just so like chilling yeah and you know you know I don't know yeah them is just or them or they or whatever the hell it's called I can't remember them uh, it it's it's all right but you know. Probably had I seen it back when it first came out, I would have I would have thoroughly enjoyed it. But I've seen that story enough times now that you know it's you know it is what it is, right? You want to just start flipping through these kind of quick, speed it up, or yeah, sure. Uh, the Watchers. Um, uh, it's about a creature, apparently, a woman trapped with creature. A Quiet Place Day One, so another Quiet Place movie. Um, plot details are currently under wraps. Um, so, oh yeah, so you know they're just gonna have to not talk to people. You know. Good luck in these this day and age. Yeah. Trap from uh, M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Got Josh Hartnett. Yeah, haven't seen him in a while. Um, like I said, that is either going to be really good or it's going to be really crap. It's like M. Night Shyamalan has two settings. He has great and he has crap. It's like there, there's nothing in between. So we'll have to see. Then we got Borderlands, you know, based on the video game. Great video game. Uh, don't know how the movie will be, but it's got an all-star cast. Gina Gershon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart. Damn. And it's directed by Eli Roth, so. <laughs> Spark no evil. Yeah. Um, James McAvoy. Yeah. Uh, remake of a Danish horror film. Okay, I'm cool with that. Uh, the one I'm really intrigued about is the, uh, well, actually, it's not untitled. It's Alien Romulus, isn't it? I, I don't know. Because, I mean, I know there's an alien TV show. And no, there's, that, that was, that's my understanding is that evolved into it becoming a theatrical release. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm fine with that then, you know, if then, yeah, Romulus, um, yes, the Fetty Alvarez film. Oh yeah. You, you can't go wrong with Fetty Alvarez. You really can't. It's, it's weird because, you know, it's interesting that, uh, Ridley Scott has basically signed off on this saying, this is, this is a good, uh, movie when he basically got robbed of a third entry into his prequels. Yeah, well, then again, I think probably 
I you think, know what I think Ridley Scott did his prequels, you know, his two prequels, and would have done a third, but I think he knew and everyone else knew that's not the direction that Alien needed to go in. Yeah, but you know, we were we were talking about this earlier a little bit. You know, I'm just I'm tired of seeing visions not complete. You know, my angst is yeah. and it will forever is going to be not seeing Rob's vision taken further than what it was. Or, you know, I know like with Jason, our uh Tuesday reviewer, mm. uh, he is so pissed off that the Exorcist is in such limbo right now. Um Um I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm just gonna say I think the next one will get made. I don't know whether it'll be a full trilogy, but I think, you know, Exorcist Deceiver is gonna get made. You know, maybe, maybe they'll finish it off in that story instead of giving, doing the full trilogy. I don't know. Cause I mean. Fall into the director's seat at the last second or. I, I, I don't know. I, I hope he does, because honestly, I liked Exorcist Believer. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Like, I had a lot of, a lot of, I mean, I had criticisms of his Halloween trilogy, mm. but, I mean, you you should be allowed, uh, you should be allowed to finish something you've started. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, you know. Whether it's Ridley Scott's Alien trilogy or or david gordon green or rob zombie i just hate it when things seemingly the studio feels like it's okay just to you know drop and move on another direction I yeah one thing I, I wish more directors would do in a situation like that i would like to see them go the book route i'd like to see them finish their their trilogy or whatever in in book form you know Write out that last the, the last part. Write out, you know, the the last part of your trilogy and release a book of it. You know, as long as the story gets out there, yeah. You know, honestly, who really? I don't want to say who cares what format it's in, but as long as the story gets told, I'm cool with that. You know. Uh, Beetlejuice 2 is intriguing only in the sense that, I mean, everyone's coming back and you just wonder, can they strike lightning a second time? They might be able to. I mean, well, it's got Jenna Ortega in it, so I'm cool uh, with that. Saw 11. Saw 11. Saw 10 was the best Saw movie I've ever seen. I honestly believe that. And, um, I can't wait for Saw 11. It proves that, that, you know, that Spiral wasn't the way that series should have gone. You know, but I, just heard there was, there were, there, I heard there was talks to give it a sequel, though, and bring Chris Rock back, but then Saw 10 had hit such success that that's been sort of, at least temporarily, put on hold. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to go that route and, you know, follow that storyline, you know, that's fine. Make it its own thing. I got no problem with that. But, you know, when you link something to Saw, it needs a certain level of cleverness. You know what I mean? And uh, Spiral didn't have that. Um, You got uh, Smile 2. I never saw Smile 1. 
I didn't either. I mean, um, I, I know Will liked Smile One. I've I've never seen it. I I just I I don't know. A lot of people are geeked about Terrifier Three in October. I'm one of them because <laughs> you know I love the Ter- Terrifier franchise. I love the idea of just balls out gore to the gills. You know, just a movie that doesn't care about your feelings. Another, and and yeah, and uh, the Wolfman, yeah, Lee Winnell. Honestly, I don't know. I I sometimes feel like the the older Universal monsters should just be left alone. You know, if you want to do a werewolf movie, you can do it, you know, but, you know, when you give it the name The Wolfman, you know, that those are some big shoes to, to fill. Yeah. You know, uh, and I don't know. Hopefully it's good, though. I mean, Lee uh, Winnell is a talented, you know, director, so we'll see. Um, Christmas Day, Nostrat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm so looking forward to this. I mean, Willem Dafoe, Bill Skarsgård, Lily Rose Depp, you know? I I don't know much of her acting, but she's Johnny Depp's kid, so she can't be all bad. I still think The Witch is one of the most amazing movies ever. Yeah. And, I mean, Nosferatu is a perfect... um, like companion piece to the witch, you know, and uh, I am a hundred percent down. I will be going to see that, you know, probably next uh, Boxing Day, maybe. <laughs> um, I miss this the first our first sweep through a blackout. Uh, um, Larry Fessenden. Ah, nice dark sky films. Yeah. Oh, tortured man is drinking Benji's blur with a sneaking suspicion that he might likely be a werewolf. Oh, nice. Um, you see that that that's kind of a plot that I like. I like the idea of you know someone not being sure like what they are, and I like the fact that you know you know he's getting drunk and you know and then stuff's happening. He's like. If he wasn't drunk, would he be still be doing the same thing? I don't know. That, that could be interesting. Um, there's a, a few to be announced or to be whatever. Um, yep. uh, one made us both laugh. Blackula. Blackula. How awesome is that? I love Blackula. The original Blackula, there's this dude in it. I can't remember his name, but he has the, the greatest sideburns you've ever seen in your life. Um. I love it. You know, people can talk about like like black exploitation and everything. Um, Blackula, honestly, I, if if you think movies are are like exploitative, or whatever, watch Blackula, and you're like, this isn't exploitation. This is just awesome for the sake of awesome. Scream, Blackula, scream, not so much, but you know. Uh, I see a little bit down uh, the crow. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I hope, you know, since they're going with Bill Skarsgård, 
I almost wish they'd do a, a crow thing with like, I don't know, with like almost like Nordic, um, mythology. Cause you could run with that quite easily. Cause you know, in Nordic mythology, you know, uh, Odin shows up as like a raven with one eye, right? So you could do something with a crow that, like in that, you know? Um, then there's Cuckoo. That looks yeah. quite interesting. Uh, the director of Luz. And it looks like, uh, I think it's a slasher, they're saying. Uh, it's a potential slasher film. Cool. The other one that stood out to us was, uh, Handling of the Undead, uh, the Norwegian film. Yeah, yeah, based on the novel by the guy that did Let the Right One In. So, I'm cool with that. We'll definitely see. Uh, there's Hostile Dimensions. I have no clue what that's about. Uh, the other one that stood out was that Osgood Perkins with, uh, uh, Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Long legs. Uh, long legs yeah. It's Osgood Perkins. Uh, it's probably well, going to be a good movie and Nicholas Cage as a serial killer. Uh, that's just, that's just good shit, you know? Maxine. Yeah, the new one. Uh, Salem's Lot. I am wanting that so badly. Um, Shelby Oaks looks like a found footage type thing. Could be kind of cool. Starvaker. Okay, sure. Um, Toxic Avenger with Peter Dinklage. That takes a special kind of, uh, guts to make, you know, <laughs> the Toxic it's, Avenger. Uh, the remake of Witchboard, uh, Chuck Russell from the Blob fame, the uh, Blob remake. Yeah. And I mean, there could be, there's definite potential there. For sure. I mean. Quick question. Do you know whatever happened to um, Mutilator 2? I think it got made, but I think it was trash. Yeah, I did hear things about it, but I was kind of surprised that it just, usually with things like that, they at least go straight to video or something. Yeah, let's take a look here. Mutilator 2, sequel to Cult Horror Flick, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, I, it says, uh, it, it says it came out October 7th, 2023. Um, Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, well, you know, uh, let's see. Well, okay, here we go. They're, uh, seeking distribution. According in May 19th, 2023, um, they said, uh, Joe Bob is right. We're seeking, we're still seeking distribution. So, you know, we should, uh, get a, a release eventually. Uh, well, that was yeah. a little bit, a little bit longer than I thought it would, but, uh, it is a new year dawning. And so there's a lot of things, uh, potentially to look forward to this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
one other one that we we didn't talk about, but this thing here, in a violent nature. It's a shutter flick. Um looks kinda like uh slasher like in the remote wilderness with like an undead monster or something. Could be damn cool. I hope. We will just have to see. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be some surprises along the way too. We always usually are. Oh yeah. All right, you ready for a little bit of New Year's Eve? Yep, yep. All right, quick synopsis. I got one handy if you'd like. Yeah, go for it. Uh, During a New Year's Eve celebration, a Los Angeles disc jockey receives a phone call saying that when New Year's Eve strikes or when New Year strikes in each time zone, someone will be murdered and she will be the last one. Um. Interesting, um, interesting, uh, movie. This was a first time watch for me. Mm-hmm. I think I actually got, um, I might have got three, maybe just two viewings in. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, unless I rented it back in the day, I don't, I don't re- recollect renting it on VHS. I could have, mm-hmm. just don't really remember it. Um, but, uh, uh, here's an interesting lead-off quote, and then we can just kind of give our first impressions. Um, I guess, uh, tell me who said this. New Year's evil is an endangered species, a plain, old-fashioned, gory thriller. Hmm. Stephen King? Roger Ebert. Oh. Wow. And and you know, when you think about the movie, the movie really does feel like it's more a thriller than it it does the slashes that are coming down the pike. Yeah. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Almost even a made-for-TV vibe a a little bit. Definitely. I definitely get that. Uh, Have you seen uh, Gene Siskel's uh, ranking of it? No. Gene Siskel gave the film zero out of four stars, calling it a hideously ugly motion picture. The true horror of New Year's Evil is the endless musical numbers by punk rockers and shots of their dancing fans. <laughs> oh, right. man. Well, go ahead. First impression. What, what do you think about Or when did you see it first? How long have you known about it? I saw it for the first time... Uh, must have been two or three years ago. Well, when did the Blu-ray come out? Uh, 2015. So probably maybe 2018 or so. I saw it the first time. And I thought, you know, like the, the plot premise is really like, like an interesting plot. But the movie itself, I always found kind of mid, you know, with some, with some really good scenes, but you know, like on the whole, kind of like forgettable. Which is, which is, you know, a little bit odd considering, like I said, it's a really good idea for a story. I mean, you're guaranteed, like, you know, a bunch of, like, kills and everything, but I don't know. Um, I, you know, let's see, um, I think, I think my second viewing 
was much more satisfying yeah. than the first one. And not that the first one was bad, mm. but it was like, I don't know, with the first, you know, I had to watch it on freebie, so of course there's ads, and I hate, I hate ads. Mm. Um, but, um, I don't have the Screen Factory edition of it, um, which I hear the transfer on that is absolutely beautiful. It, it is. It's a very solid transfer. But, um, I was, I was definitely, even the first time watch, I was, I was definitely, um, surprised by a few things. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, one, it does almost feel like sort of a, a minor callback to some of the later, uh, 70s thrillers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought some of the, um, I don't know, I was really, um, I was, uh, you know, when you start to get to the, uh, um, the end uh, reveal mm. how all of that sort of unfolds, which we'll, we'll get there, I guess. I was um, I was pretty impressed, actually. I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, I think there's some really good writing underneath the surface. Yeah. Don't think it's plainly that evident. Yeah. I think you have to really look at it. You have to really sort of think on it, or you know be open to sort of what's going um on here but uh it's definitely got some uh i think my favorite part in the whole movie maybe is the um is the is the section of the film where he dons the uh the priestly garb oh yeah and has the run in with the bikers uh ends up at a drive in <laughs> i mean it's just <laughs> it steals the car <laughs> and the girl in the back Who's willing oh, yeah. to do anything to save her own skin? And then ultimately <laughs> she's the one who, uh, who gets away. Yep. Um, so, uh, I don't, that, so that whole section, that whole piece of the film actually might be my favorite, but I loved, uh, I don't know, there was, there's a lot to like actually. Once you, you see, this is a movie that I think you have to see a few times. Yeah. It um, could, I, I think my main gripe, is, you know, when you think of like, um, like holiday based horror films or whatever, you know, you got Halloween, you got like, uh, you know, My Bloody Valentine's, you got Black Christmas, you know, they're all like quite good movies, but I don't know, they, it, this one just doesn't live up to that for me. You know, so I don't know, maybe it's, Maybe it's a matter of like having my expectations too high when I went in to begin with. I don't know. I'm not sure what kind of expectation. I'm not sure if I even had any actually. Um, I, I might have had different set of expectations if I was opening up a Scream Factory release of it. Yeah. Um, but catching it on freebie, um, it's sort of just sit there and watch. Yeah. <laughs> and then sort of smile along the way. Um, uh, did you catch what they're watching in the uh, drive-in? Oh, uh, uh, what was it? I'm having a brain fart. I, I, what, what was it? The Red Queen kills seven times. Oh, I knew, I knew, I knew it from somewhere. I just couldn't, I couldn't. You know, couldn't click, the name wouldn't click. 
Um, yeah, uh, for the for the driving though, it was uh, AKA Blood Feast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, Red Queen Kill Seven Times, uh, starring Barbara Brochet. Um, uh, I thought that was an interesting film to have on. Uh, the drive-in when they're in there. I don't know if you caught it or not, but on the sign, um, uh, going into the drive-in, uh, God, this is a callback to the old days for adults, only $3 to get in and $2 for kids. <laughs> Golly, that's why I love these movies, man. They're frustrating in a way though, cause it reminds you just how good life was back then. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Let's, so let's get into this a little bit. You got, you got, uh, you got a mystery killer. Yep. Um, you've got uh, the first real main character we're introduced to is someone known as Blaze, who's the host of this uh, sort of punk rock new wave, um, uh, sort of a countdown of the best new wave songs, something like that. Um, yeah. Counting down to New Year's Eve. Yeah. And Blaze apparently is the, I don't know, what's the best way to compare her to? Uh, I, 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 is there, is there anyone nowadays that's even kind of similar? I don't know. And almost in the back in the day, it would almost been, uh, she probably, it might've been like a, um, oh, who had the famous, uh, I used to listen to this all the time as a kid, the Sunday countdowns. Yeah. Uh, the top, uh, who's top 40, uh. Every Sunday I would listen to this. Um, Bob Clark? Oh, it could, could have been Bob Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sort of a weird variant on that, but she's sort of a cultural icon. Um, yeah. Uh, as we see, because, I mean, at the end when she's being taken out on the uh, on the stretcher, of course, uh, everyone is more concerned with her than anything else that's gone on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, so you get, so, so she's there doing this, this thing and uh, this countdown thing. And, uh, we, uh, get a phone call, um, from a, or mystery stranger mm-hmm. who's got a beef, right? He's, he's upset about something. Oh yeah. And threatens to, uh, the, the gimmick here is one kill every time zone change. Yep. And it's going to be somebody close to her. Although I'm not sure how that really works out. No, I mean, <laughs> that, um, that, and, you know. And that's actually kind of the fun of the movie, actually, when you really kind of get into it is, uh, cause it is this, this, our, our antagonist, our, um, our killer here is actually quite, um, quite a brilliant tech. I guess of how he sets these things up and it's a lot of it is happy accidents oh yeah yeah it is everything sort of, sort of works out to his at least till we get to the end everything sort of works out to uh his but um uh right off in the beginning though you, we've got our first kill scene with uh Yvonne which is Blaze's assistant yep which really isn't sort of part of the thing but i guess there's a reason why he has to uh the killer has to knock her off first but what'd you think of uh what'd you think of yvonne's kill scene i thought it was pretty decent honestly that was one thing about this movie that i did like i liked the kill scenes you know um i thought they were you know the high point of the movie let's say that i got a question about it though 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so either she has the absolute worst peripheral vision in the history of peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. Or explain to me how somebody – okay, so she's in the bathroom. Yvonne is getting ready mm-hmm. to go meet up with Blaze, who's already starting the show. Mm-hmm. And she hears the dripping sound coming in from her shower. Mm-hmm. Which I think I think I just, I actually really do love this scene. And she re- she reaches in and she you know tightens up the 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 dial whatever and gets the dripping to stop. Goes back to her makeup, and then she suddenly hears that sound like did the door just open? Mm-hmm. So she goes away, looks at the door, but the door is like really right there near her bathroom entrance, like a hotel room. Yeah. And then she goes back in the bathroom. And she hears the dripping again. <laughs> and then it goes in to tighten it up once again. And, of course, then that's when she gets um, almost Prowler-like, gets yeah. uh, nabbed in, which I thought was I thought was a great scene. I just kept thinking either, A, this killer was already in the shower, and if that's the case, then how do you not see him? Yeah. This hulking black mass of a person that's in your shower. <laughs> Or how do you get through the door and then into the bathroom without her noticing? Yeah. Uh, Got to be fast. <laughs> but I still, loved, I still loved it. And, but was yeah. you did you notice who's walking down the hallway? Uh, she looks out into the hallway. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Derek, the son, Blaze's son. We ought to oh. mention him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and there's some intriguing things along the way. How much? How much is Derek a part of this, or is he, or is he not? Or because this guy's got some, this kid's got some serious issues going on. He definitely does. I mean, uh, I'd almost say like, how how can I how can I put this? Um, I almost wish we'd gotten more of him. Than our actual killer. Well, it's it's intriguing, and yeah. and it does offer a lot of questions when you arrive at the end of the film. Yeah. So I guess we ought to say this, uh, you know. So uh, Blaze, it seems uh, we're introduced to some fam- some dysfunctional family. Uh, it's oh, a dysfunctional. Yeah. Uh, he's got, he's, he meets up with his mom for the first time there, has some great news about a part he's gotten in some, uh, TV show or something. Yeah. Um, and she sort of just, you know, shrugs it off as that's nice, kind of got more important things to, and you kind of sense already there's, there's something going on and we hear, um, uh, he's not too happy the fact that dad's not going to make it, I guess. Dad's down in, where's down in Florida or something. Yeah. So, uh, so he's down there that, and you just kind of get this sense that this is the son's castle, but yeah, the son is the one walking down. So when she peers out into the hallway, she sees the back of Derek mm-hmm. and then kind of, and then comes back in, goes into the bathroom and then boom, she's, you know, she's, yeah. Yvonne is gone. And then we're off into our, I think one of the greatest, uh, slash songs ever. I freaking love New Year's <laughs> Evil, man. I love this song, man. It just, it's one of those that just, uh, sticks, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
And you know, you're with those, uh, kids in the, uh, the, 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 the punk rocker, new wave, whatever, um, kids in the car, they're, uh, partying it up in their cars or driving down the strip. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought about demons for a moment, you know, when, when you're sort of with the kids there and. Yeah, definitely. And they're sort of coking it up in the car and, um, and you kind of wonder, are these kids, do these, are these kids even relevant in this movie? And they're not really that relevant. I don't think at all. Um, no, I mean, they're there as, um, I don't know whether you'd call them red herrings even, but you know, they're there to be there. Yeah, I thought it was funny in the beginning. I thought, uh, I, I, I laughed out loud when Blaze, uh, Blaze mentioned that, uh, where we, got, I guess we get the name of the film, New Year's Evil, the last time to be bad before your New Year's resolutions are made. <laughs> That was pretty, that was, that was pretty funny. So once, uh, so, you know, so once Yvonne is, is out of the way and you don't even hear about, no one hears about her death for a little bit later on. Um, I think we, uh, I think we, we, uh, we arrive with the killer at the, uh, insane asylum mm-hmm. and he comes in dressed up as a, um, um, a, a working, uh, uh, Nurse or staff yeah. member just yeah. there to help out. Yeah. But he comes, uh, he comes, uh, um, arrives, uh, with, uh, with a bottle of wine or some champagne or something. Wines and dines that nurse real quick. Oh yeah. And, uh, gets her, uh, ultimately gets her alone and, uh, we have our, we'll ultimately have our second, yeah. our second kill. You know who that nurse is, right? Um, I don't. Who? Uh, she ended up becoming famous for being raped by an alien in uh, Galaxy of Terror. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. I did know that. That's yep. so. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, like, I think that's pretty much like her entire, like, you know, thing. Um, we're gonna I, have to. We're gonna have to cover that at some point down the road. Oh hell yeah, that's a. That's one of my favorite Roger Corman films. It is. That's a, that's just a really fun movie. It is an awesome movie. Uh, and okay, so did you see? Did you see this when Nurse Jane, I guess her name is uh, mm-hmm. Nurse Jane, when she comes walking out of that one room when we're first introduced to her? Do you, do you catch by chance what was uh, written at the top of the door? Uh, I I I. Don't think I caught anything. Procreation room. Oh, that's hilarious. I thought that was pretty funny. I saw that. I'm like, what? I went back, paused real quick, and I'm like, that is is funny. And about the same time, that's when we see Derek, right? Derek has got some serious issues. He's taking some pills, and Mm -hmm. uh, we're not really sure exactly the extent of what is going on. Um, with him and he puts, I think that's right around that time where he puts the mask, he puts that weird mask on. Yeah. Um, and he puts some kind of pin through his ear or something. Yeah. Just kind of for the hell of it. And, um, he actually did that. Really? Yeah. He actually just rammed a pin through his ear. There was like, it was supposed to happen. Like, but I think it was supposed to be an effect, but you just kind of did it. That's pretty wild. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, so our killer, uh, uh, right on time calls in with, uh, having killed Nurse Jane and, and he's recording him. Yeah. <laughs> with the effect. I love that. How, and it's the old, it's the old tape deck thing, you know, reach over, hit the record button. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love it. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, with the killer that is when he gets his, uh, uh, his two for one deal. Mm-hmm. Picks the girls up and, uh, actually it's supposed to be one girl, but ends up picking up two and, uh, and, yeah, uh, gets her park. friend as well. Yeah, I thought that was pretty, uh, I thought that was, see, he, the dude just sells himself, man. He does. I he, just love, like, I just love the whole thing where he's well. like, I just love the whole part where he's like, uh, Oh, I gotta go, uh, you know, gotta go over to Eric Estrada's house and, you know. <laughs> Eric Estrada. <laughs> like, he just plays it off like, uh, yeah, I, I gotta get going. And it just, he just sort of lays the bait out, man. He does. He and does. And dibbles on, he's like, oh, hey, wait, I got a great idea. Why don't you come along with me? <laughs> Not, not knowing when he comes back, uh, that, uh, she's gonna have her, uh, friend along with. Yeah. Which I thought was freaking brilliant, man. Because there he is in his car driving down the road. He's got the two girls there with him. And of course, Sally can't shut the freak up. She's just going <laughs> on and on, um, about her, all her friends' problems or whatever. And you could see he is, he's looking at that. He's, he has his eye on the clock and he's just getting so you know, anxious because he's running up against the, uh, the wall, right? To, to have to get the next kill done, to get it on, mm-hmm. to make the phone call. I love what happens, man. I love, I love that it's, uh, well, it was, it was, it was Lisa who the, her friend who, um, says, can we take a pit stop? <laughs> And it just, it's, it's not even, he doesn't even have to orchestrate everything himself. It just happens for him. Yep. And so I love it. They pull into, I pull in that and he just has this brilliant idea. He's just like, gives us some cash and he's like, get the best bottle of champagne you can get or whatever, but whatever it was he sends her in for. Yep. And takes that moment to notch, uh, number three kill. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a good kill also. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's one of those ones that just, you know. Was that our black Christmas kill? Yeah. It just kind of gets under your, your skin, you know, that, like, you know, just suffocating someone with, like, plastic. Yeah. It's, a bit, it's a bit creepy, isn't it, when uh, Lisa comes out and there's no car? Yeah. I, 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 just, I just love the fact, though, you know, of, like, how, you know, like, he, he hid in a garbage can. <laughs> You know, and and like and just and just like you know, that seems. See, I think it would have worked either way. Uh, well, I mean, you know, you can't do anything that's going to impede his overall plan. No, but if if, if I mean, because it, it could have, if he would have just left her there, man, and and just went <laughs> on with his business. But he, maybe because they didn't know who he was, he probably could have just left her there and just got out of dodge. Yeah. And she uh, she probably would have just assumed, oh, you know, they they went off to like whatever. No, so so instead she sees what a shoe or something on the ground, and 
yep. walks back into the alleyway and then sees something hanging out the dumpster and yeah, that's pretty freaking awesome. And she lifts up the thing and he just turns a little a lighter out or something. Yeah. I, 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 you gotta love also the fact, you know, like that, that mustache. He has like the worst fake mustache on you've ever seen. And the well, fact that nobody calls him on it. Well, this guy goes from one disguise to another disguise. He does, which is kind of cool. It is. He's like our man of disguises. He's He is like, he has just got everything mapped out. And it just seems like everything is working to his plan or helping him along the way. Yeah. Uh, even, uh, although he does run into a problem um, uh, very shortly, which I think is also an intriguing part of the movie. Um, he, we see, I think this, I think about this point, well, the, the the police do show up and they show up and they find the two girls after mm-hmm. he makes a phone call. Doesn't he tell them where they're at? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so the police know to go there and uh and I thought that was a creepy scene, man, when we see Sally just sitting on the um swing set with the bag over her head. Yeah. That that is. That's a genuinely like that's one of those scenes that make the movie. You know, like, if you didn't have, a, like, the scene like that, you know. And, and I think it was at least a laying on a slide or something. Yeah. Have a good stab. <laughs> um, I thought it would have been awesome, though, if he would have, if he would have dragged, if he would have pulled Lisa into the dumpster in almost the same way that, uh, what's her name, gets dragged up in the hole of the ceiling in Black Christmas. Yeah. That would have been great. You're kind of like, <laughs> yeah, wasn't quite that dramatic, but it's still pretty. I mean, two for one, you can't complain about that, right? I mean, no, I mean that that takes he, some skill. He pulls it off, man. He just pulls it off. He, um, he does, yeah. <laughs> so once the phone call is made, and of course everything is getting crazy there. Uh, uh, he he. This is the question, the big question I have. Why does he dress why does he don the priestly garb? All I can think is he's you know, his thought is like who's gonna suspect a priest? I mean this was this was this was back in seventy nine when this movie was made, you know, this was this was kind of before um we realized what a lot of them were getting up to. So, you know, probably back then, you know, like a priest walking down the street would just been like, oh, okay, go about your business, father. Yeah, it's so weird because it it doesn't, I mean, there's no, there's no real purpose to it. It, No, um, I I mean, it's not even like, you know, like he killed a priest or something and took his clothes. It's just literally like, okay, I'm going to dress as a priest now. Um. What does he say? Uh, there, there comes a point where he says, I'm a man of God, not of violence. <laughs> so, so, okay. So this, this really is my favorite. I think this is my favorite section of the whole movie. So he's, so we're, so we got what three, so one, two, three, four people, four people dead now. Yep. He's making his phone calls. Everyone back is getting upset. Derek, Derek continues to, to, you know, slide down into that, um, bottomless pit of depression because there's some mommy son issues going on and yeah 
daddy's nowhere to be. He's drunk down in Florida doing something. And, uh, and, uh, um, and so he, uh, so he, this is where he, um, our killer, um, gets into his car wreck with the bikers. Um, <laughs> like, dude, oh. that's pretty freaking serious, man. Yeah. It's didn't just, he, it's... Didn't he pin a girl between the bike and his car? I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, I meant to go back and look at that again, but it, it, that looked like a pretty freaking serious accident. Yeah. And, but I mean, and uh, our boy's like on, on his own little trip, you know, he didn't, he ain't got time for no, uh, accident reports. <laughs> well, that, that's his first, that's his first mistake, isn't it? His first real major mistake. It, yeah, it kind of is. And so he, and so he flees the scene and the bikers go after. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's awesome, man. That, <laughs> this is the best part of the movie. This might be the best part of the movie. So where does he go? He goes to the drive-in. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing Red Queen Kills Seven Times. Great Euro film. Mm-hmm. Gialli, right? That's a Gialli, right? Red yeah. Queen Kills yeah. Seven Times. Um, sounds like a Gialli. <laughs> With a name like that, how, what else could it be? <laughs> starring, starring the one and only Barbara Boucher. Um it's a spookathon, man. I noticed that. I read that on the sign. A, a mm-hmm. New Year's spookathon. Eight horror films from dusk to dawn. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> so he's there hiding out. You got, uh, and you wonder how they're going to come into the picture. You got the kid and the girl making out in the car. Yep. Of course, we'll, we'll see real quick. Um, and then the bikers come in, man. They're just going to town, man. They're freaking banging on car doors just looking for this guy. And then they, I guess they finally, they finally catch up with him. Mm-hmm. And that's our next kills. He takes out a biker dude. Yeah. I mean, that's the sort of thing that really kind of shows him as like more of a threat than like what we've seen so far. He's like, he's killed people, but it's all been like, you know, surprise kills and everything. Now he's taken out like this biker dude that's like, a biker dude. You know, they're, they're not exactly, um, known for being weak people. No, but you got a couple guys that are pretty angry, man. Well, the biker absolutely has a right to be angry. I mean, oh, yeah. You have no idea just what happened to, you know, one or the other. I mean, for all we know, they could be, they could be dead. Probably so that, dead. That could be an unconfirmed kill, actually. I, I would, I would think so. I mean, you know. Um, I, can we, unconfirmed kill. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so biker dude goes down and that's when he, uh, breaks into the car and <laughs> chases the kid out and his hauls off with the car with the girl in the back. <laughs> so freaking awesome. And that she's is- a, sells herself off, whatever she can do to get her, uh, uh, to get out of this fix, offers her money, everything. I love it, man. I love our killers is like, I don't want your money. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to kill you so I can make my phone call. <laughs> right. So, so, so that's, I think they pull off somewhere and they're like out in the middle of freaking nowhere. And who are those, what party were those two guys in? I don't know though. They were, they were just, some random drunk dudes just 
come out into the middle of the street. But it must have been like near a high school or something because they were near a football field. So, something like that, yeah. I mean, because she ends up just literally jumping out of the car and running off. And then he just goes on the chase, man. Oh, yeah. I, I love it, though, that, you know, he not only gets out of the car and runs after, he, like, gets out, threatens one of the drunk guys with a knife, and then, you know, it's like, yeah, you're quickly, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you're quickly, uh, like, losing it here, buddy. <laughs> You know, he uh, went, from, went from being pretty smart about things to, uh, you know, de- devolving. Is that the word? I don't know. There's well, some he's, word he's that, you know. A little bit. Yeah. And then he gets her, pin, he pins her under, well, he gets her under the bleachers. But before he can do anything, the cop shows up. Yep. So um, he runs off. I mean. Uh, yeah, and so you got the girl that the girl that got away. So one girl gets away from him. Yeah. Um, I have written I have written my notes here. This uh, and I I know I've already mentioned it maybe probably, but the the two incredible acts of convenience that work out for the killer. You got um, Lisa Lisa needing the pit stop. Yep. And the two guys that just happened to show up that ultimately allow for the girl to get away. Yeah. <laughs> uh which is and, and what and you know the priestly garb though is what get uh, gets him the free ride though which brings our killer to the hotel. Yep. <laughs> so the priestly garb gets uh comes uh comes through for him uh as well. So mm. uh and that's where he exchanges his priestly garb for uh the uh cop uniform. Yep. And to a very creepy. What do you think of the mask? The the mask worked very well. I, I thought, like honestly, I wish he'd had that mask the entire time. You I know. know. I thought about that. I, I sort of wrote. I sort of wrote that down towards the end of my notes. I thought, should that mask have been more utilized throughout the entirety of the movie? I think it should have. I think we should have never seen his face. Until the end, because we're coming to that, we're coming to the reveal. Yeah, so and you I, know, we'll t- we'll talk about that once we get to the reveal. So, well, you said earlier um, that I think you I think you sort of threw it as a as a as a minor problem with the movie. It doesn't really feel like it doesn't really feel like a a normal holiday holiday slasher. Yeah, but it might have. If if he's wearing that mask the whole time. Oh yeah, that would have changed. That would have changed the entire thing. I think it might have because there's something weirdly New Year's Eve about that mask. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest. It 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 is New Year's Eve. If he'd been walking around with that on, with maybe like a party hat on or something on top of it, no one would have batted an eye. It would have been per. It would have been perfect. Um, so our killer, our killer kills the cop, where's his deal, gets into the hotel, 
and God, you might have to help me here. Um, we're we're basically uh, we're basically at the reveal, aren't we? Basically, yeah, yeah, we are. Well, we're almost there. Um, we get a surprise though uh, before we get the killer's reveal. Sort of, I guess uh, we do get a surprise. Um, uh, the dad shows up. Yeah. And, uh, I think what was his reasoning? He heard, uh, he heard, uh, heard what was going down. So he's like, I came to check on you. So, so that, that's kind of a weird scene. Mm -hmm. And there's just some weird family dynamics. There are, there are. And I don't, even by the very end of the movie, I don't know if you have a complete full, Although you have enough of a picture. Yeah. I don't know how. And this is a weird, it's it's kind of weird because it plays itself off again. How we, I think how we are meant to feel about her and the way that the, the masses of people feel about her. Yeah. Because there's a lot of reasons not to like her at all. Oh yeah. She's not the most um, likable character. To say the least. Um, I guess we're I guess we're at the doorstep, aren't we? Yep. So you want to say it? Uh the killer's her husband. Paul Richard. Yeah. So Ooh, uh, we see the entire freaking movie. Exactly, and that's kind of one of my issues with it. You know, we've seen this guy through the entire movie doing all this stuff. Then it's revealed like he's her husband, and it's like, how great would it have been if we had seen all these kills happen with the mask on, and then if yeah. he'd come in and like he'd been, been like introduced like like it's her husband or whatever, and then you just saw maybe a bag, and the mask was in the bag. You know, I wonder. Part, I wonder if part of the issue was, you know, you go back to that Roger Ebert quote. This, you know, I don't know if the movie really knew what it wanted to be. No, no. I mean, let, let's put it this way: if I was to take two movies and put them next to each other, um, I was if I was to put down Halloween and I was to put down uh, Twelve Past Midnight. This falls more in line with 12 Past Midnight than it does Halloween. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing because, I mean, 12 Past Midnight's a great movie. But, you know, it has the slasher elements but doesn't really run with them enough, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably I think that's probably the biggest issue with the movie is it just doesn't really know. Yeah, I mean, like, it, either go all thriller or go all horror, and you would have you would have had a better product either way. But you know, it's kind of right in the middle there. It's a little, you know, so. Okay, you need to help me out one thing before we get into something else. Um, I forgot to write down who said this, but mm-hmm. somewhere right around this moment, somebody made the point to say, uh, instant replay, a miracle of modern technology. I laughed when I, when that was said. You remember who <laughs> said, that's cop maybe looking at, 
might have been, yeah. Footage or something. Oh, um, that, that was funny. Um, well, we learn a, this is where we start to learn a few things when, um, uh, that, uh, apparently, uh, I don't know exactly what the relationship was between Yvonne, um, and Blaze and Richard, but apparently, um, Richard had to go through Yvonne for his allowance. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the tip of the iceberg of the weird dynamics here of this family. Essentially, how, how I look at it, our killer is a complete beta male. And he's gone insane because of it. Then he makes the point to even say that she has, uh, not in, in the real sense, but in a, in a, I guess in a metaphorical sense, she's, she's castrated him. Yeah. Well. But maybe, um, and even, you know, levels at her the fact that pretty, pretty sad that, you know, you got your own son here who's got this great gig and he didn't even use your name. Yeah. And, you know, I, I but I, that, that was a, that was a good scene. You know, just, just the fact that, you know, it's like, you know, you get the, how can I put it? I don't want to say you get the rage, but you get kind of like this, that she's not, you know, the greatest person. No, and maybe maybe the nail in the coffin when he and she never she never um denies it, but when he uh when he accuses her of basically um uh constantly making uh advances at their own son. Yeah. And so, yeah. and, and that explains in part, at least that explains Derek's whole character we've seen. Yeah. He's got some serious issues going on. He really does. And I mean, I, I like to think that he was in on the killings as well. I like to think, you know, the reason he got into that bathroom, for example, is because since he was walking down the thing, like you said, you know, maybe he was distracting her. Maybe it was on purpose. Yeah, it begs the question, man. It really does. I think this is, I think, the, well, I think, here, here's what I think. I think, I think he may have been involved. Mm-hmm. At least to a degree, he may have been involved. Yeah. But that great reveal was meant for, I think, for a possible sequel, which never came. Yeah. Because I think all of that could have been just, you know, um, fleshed out in a matter of speaking. Um, mm-hmm. in, in another, because, uh, you know, the movie ends almost like it begs, it begs for a sequel, which, um, yeah. I don't know. Unfortunately, it never, uh, it never came. So, I mean, so basically all the family dirty laundry is just laid out. Yeah. And, Pretty much his motivation is laid out, but this, this leads, uh, this leads to, I, I thought one of the great, it almost kind of, ha- almost kind of reminded me of Deep Red in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, her, so she'll leave, she leaves them 
and to go back to the show, gets in the elevator. And and that's another thing. It almost seemed like she was hitting in on that cop. I'm sure she was. I think I think I think she was. I mean, you got all of this junk that just got unloaded. That's how that's how screwed up everything is. Yeah. And so so he, you know, because this guy, Richard, man, can do anything and everything, man. He messes with the uh, the the electrical panel, whatever, and hijacks the elevator and Mm -hmm. makes it so that, you know, when it it sort of, you know, jolts enough. He knows, you know, whoever's in there is going to be shaken up enough and basically knocks the cop guy out in there. And basically, you know, I think at that point he tells her that he's, he's the one who's done all the killing. Yep. And boy, does he got plans for her. Oh yeah. See, this is awesome. I'll tell you what should have went down though. Okay. So he chains her up to the bottom of the freaking elevator. <laughs> yeah. I just kept thinking about Bill Paxton, man, when he's on the express, the express elevator to hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chains, chains her up and is going to send her up and then just send her crashing down. Yeah, that would have been a hell of a death scene. Dude freaking hates her, man. Oh yeah. And he's got freaking reason to. Yeah. I don't know how, how much reason he's got to do all of this, but I mean, dude, dude, dude just he, what he should have done. I'll tell you what he should have done. He should have had, since Richard can do anything, he should have had minor explosives. Um, you know, cause those seventies movies were always known for, um, when you had that, uh, roller coaster guy who was blowing up all the roller coasters, I think oh, that yeah. was called roller coaster in the seventies. I think so. Yeah. I think what would have been great, man, if he would have had, if he, he would have chained her up underneath, mm-hmm. had, had explosives on those chains, <laughs> put in a position where no one could get to her, goes up to the top of the roof, cops get up there, and in, in, in his final, uh, right after he, uh, by the way, do you know what he's quoting? When he gets up on the roof and he's at the ledge and he's contemplating jumping off and that, and you got the detective that's sort of been on this for the most of the movie, but we don't spend a lot of time with him. Do you know what he's quoting from? Um, no, what is it? Hamlet. Oh. Hmm. Which is really intriguing because, you know, Hamlet, you know, Hamlet, his uh, dad is, uh, his dad is killed by his uncle who wants the throne. Mm-hmm. marries his mom and the ghost of King Hamlet comes and basically unloads the truth, the reality of what has happened. And that sends, you know, Prince Hamlet, uh, you know, on the trail of vengeance. So it's a whole lot of messed up things. Mm-hmm. Why not? But in a weird way, in a weird way, Richard, Richard, this is, this is almost like a Shakespearean tragedy for him. Yeah. I can see that. His whole life is crumbling and and, and he, what is there left but to go to sleep? Yeah. He's, he's lost everything. What, what he should have done 
is he should have planted minor explosives on those chains. And right before he jumped, he should have had that, you know, the, the neat little nifty controller that. Oh, you know, yeah. 70s, you know. Yeah, and just. <laughs> pulled like, that out <laughs> and just smiled at the guy. Cause you know, even with that mask, you could see, you could almost know what his expressions were. Yeah. Definitely. Which is weird. He should have just hit that button, man. And then right between him jumping off, the, and the cops could have heard the minor explosion. And then seconds later, crash. No, and she just got crushed. <laughs> that, That's that, how that, she yeah. went, oh, man. Yeah, that would have been a great. Oh, that 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 would have been the, a great ending. It should have. I mean, if you're going to quote freaking Shakespeare, the ending must match it. It's got to match it. Yeah. So instead of my ending. Yeah. How's it end? How's it end, Glenn? He uh, jumps off the roof. He does. What do we find? What do we find? What? what how do we end this thing? Then, uh, you know, his kid comes along and, like, cries about it. And then she gets loaded into an ambulance and it's being drove by the son who has With, the mask. Which is so freaking weird because you get all those freaking people that are surrounding uh, the van, you know. Oh, poor Blaze. And then and if they see the they see this driver wearing a freaking mask you don't think something's up yeah well all i can think is they're so focused on blaze and that, that, that that's is, all i can think and that's uh, the segue to the sequel we never got yep i mean an, an absolute nut job yeah i you know it's the sort of thing uh I, 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 there's a lot of like missed potential. I'll say, you know, there was so much more potential. I wish they, I wish it had been utilized a bit better. You know, um, you remember when uh, Richard uh, towards the end? Uh, I think he tells uh, Blaze um, he's got plans on going to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. So this movie, this movie is released in, um, what, December 19th, December yeah. 1980. Yep. Um, the Rose Bowl that year, you know how he says at some point in the movie, or maybe it's toward the end where he, he says, uh, maybe it's to her, <clears throat> says that um, he's had a very, very bad year. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, it's too bad Richard never got to the Rose Bowl, and it, and I wonder if his son ever got there because that year, uh, USC won the Rose Bowl seventeen to sixteen against Ohio State. Oh, well, there you go. So you know, the year offers new beginnings. Yeah, and and a and a uh, uh, maybe a happier uh, year for, uh, but Richard doesn't won't get to. No. Uh, so I think what the last person killed in the movie is the paramedic. Yeah. And uh, that's, and that is Derek's kill. That is. So, I mean, there, there is always the possibility that Derek killed blaze as well. Just because, you know, the, the announcement comes on saying that it's midnight in uh, Hawaii. 
as their drive, the ambulance is driving off. So maybe he's taken up the mantle and finished her off. I don't know. Yeah, you have to assume he, but he's got that look in his face. Even with the mask on, you almost get, you almost can see his eyes like, oh, he's got some plans for her. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude is tripped. He, yeah. He, he is, he is gone full board psycho. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's completely out of it at that point, you know. <laughs> and unlike dad, his, his whole set of issues are way different. Yeah. You, you know, you know what? He kind of reminds me of, um, what's his name in, um, Halloween Ends. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Corey Cunningham. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, I, like, I, I wish almost, like, we'd seen him going with more of that, you know. Like, like, I, I wish we could have seen him going kind of crazy and his father doing stuff and killing people and everything, but we wouldn't know until right at the end that that's actually his father doing it. Yeah, see, that's where, that's where I think your analogy earlier was absolutely spot on. This, mm. this, this is a movie that falls between 10 to midnight and Halloween. Yeah. And it's somewhere, it's somewhere in that, that blurry, um, yeah. Middle, I, middle ground. Yeah. Like if it could have just, you know, one way or the other, you know, doesn't matter which way, but if it had gone one way or the other, I think it, we, we would have had a very different movie. And I think we would have had a better movie because of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the uh, most underutilized masks in horror film history. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and it that, worked. It, yeah, it was a creepy mask. Yeah, it's almost too bad we at least didn't get that mask for one good kill. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know which if I think I think he only killed actually a handful of people. I wonder which one would have been uh, the best utilization if you're only going to do it once. I'd say Yvonne. Oh, so he has it on in the shower. I, 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 I would I, that's what I would have had, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd have had that on there, you know, and just. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, there's a, few, a couple of things I, I thought were really uh, uh, the director, Emmett Alston. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he worked second unit on Enter the Ninja from 81. Y yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, he, uh, was, uh, I, li I listened to the commentary and he was saying that, uh, essentially he was kind of brought on t into the canon group, you know, by, uh, I think s someone like who he knew was like, uh, I'm going to go make movies over a canon. You want to come along? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Dude, that's freaking awesome. I didn't, I didn't actually make a comprehensive list of it, but I did look, uh, for anyone, um, who's listening, uh, who's curious. Uh, it's often said that Canon, you know, obviously Canon was really probably mostly known for its action, action films. Yeah. 
but they they actually put out way more horror movies than I thought they did. Really? Because um, if you say canon, I'm telling you, the first movie I think of is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. That's true. That's and true. that's really the only one I think about. But and I can't remember. I wish I would have just wrote some of them down. But I went through. I think in Wikipedia for canon. Uh, on the list of all their films they released, um, uh, even I, under, I, I, I got I got one right here. I got the list right here. Uh, let's see, what we got we got um, the Beast in the Cellar. We got uh, Blood on Satan's Claw, Crucible of Horror, Cauldron of Blood. Who killed Mary? What's her name? I don't know what that is exactly. Salt Night, Bloody Night, uh, I Monster, uh, Blood Feast from 75, Blood Bath, Northern, Northville Cemetery Massacre, Mako the Jaws of Death, uh, you know, and, and this is just all before 79, you know? Then, uh, what else? Uh, then, then they go kind of more into, uh, more into the, you know. Uh, the, hospital the, Massacre, aka X-rays on the list. Yeah, Hospital Massacre, uh, Death House, aka Silent Night, Bloody Night, is a re, you know, a re-release. Technically, hey, Ten to Midnight. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I see that Ten to Midnight. I want to uh, check something. I'm just going down the list. I know there was others. Um, oh, I see one here. Oh, we're gonna have to cover this at some point. Mm-hmm. The Exterminator, uh, one and two. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, I, I, uh, I missing in action. Love those uh, action movies. Um, Hard Rock Zombies. Invaders from Mars, the remake. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then the Up Texas Chainsaw. Um. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of their like um, <laughs> Superman Four: The Quest for Peace, the greatest of all the Superman movies. Uh, that's equivalent with our Jaws Four. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, yeah. Mainly, it it seems like after the, you know. The eighties after the the early eighties, it sort of went more into like action and everything. Uh, well, the theatrical releases you had um, Beyond Evil, Graduation Day, mm-hmm. Don't Go Near the Park, Alien Contamination, um, Company of Wolves. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the Hitcher. 
Oh yeah, there's tons of there's stuff. A lot you know? more. This is Hills Have Eyes Part Two. <laughs> um, there's more horror. Oh look at this, Amsterdam. Oh what? Wow. They had a hand in the distribution. I'm sure it was the mostly the distribution. Yeah, um, I think I think that's mainly what you know the a good well bra- brain damage. Uh, extra was HBO canon. Oh, nice. Dawn of the Dead, HBO can. This must be video distribution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah video releases. But still, I mean, their Not hands produced, are not Evil Dead. Yeah, Howling 2. Haunted Honeymoon, I love that movie. So, I mean, you know, we don't often associate canon with, with horror, but, I mean, there's a lot more horror here than... There is. Um, I it, it's It's almost like it's... Oh wow! They they had a hand in uh the animated Lord of the Rings movie in huh. seventy eight. I always liked that. You know, um, I think I think a big part of it is you know like you said, um, just them like releasing the stuff. But that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. Yeah. Um. There's a there's another big surprise on here in the uh, um, uh, the cinematographer Thomas E Ackerman. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is crazy, man. You ready for this? Yeah. He shot Christmas Vacation. That is cool. How awesome is that, man? I was the cinematographer for one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. Yep. Yeah. Um, as far and, as I'm concerned, the single greatest Christmas yeah, movie ever. Yeah. Uh, and he he did a uh, he shot a Chris or not Christmas uh, he shot a concert video that I was extremely infatuated with as a kid. Mm-hmm. This cracked me up when I saw this on the list. Stevie Nicks live at the Red Rocks. Oh wow! <laughs> um, I had the, I had a copy of that on VHS when I was a kid. I I used to, I probably burned out the tape on it. Um. <laughs> um uh, he shot uh, Frankenweenie too. Oh, the the short version for. Um, oh, okay, yeah. For, um. Uh. Oh, and then uh, the other uh, interesting one. I'm not that familiar with this movie, but maybe you are. Uh, the editor for this movie, Richard uh, uh, Brummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he 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 had a lot of roles on um, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Mm-hmm. He was the stunt double, production assistant, boom operator, sound editor, sound effects. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, so a few interesting surprises. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, so a canon release. Um, but, but a film, yeah, like, I think, I think its biggest problem, I think it's like you said, there, there's a lot, how'd you phrase it? There's a lot of, um, missed opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, and like un- unutilized potential. Um, but as a story, as a, I mean, as a whole, I mean, there's there's a lot there to work with, and it does feel more like a '70s thriller. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know what this could do with? Honestly, this could do with a remake. And, and just go full board horror. Yeah. You know, I, I I'd be down for that. You know, I'm not usually you know, the, a big remake guy, but 
this is an example of something that would work as a remake because there was so much that could have been done that wasn't. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's see, and that's beautiful because you know we, we often when we do see remakes. And we're like, you know, why? Why did you do that? Or why did you choose that? But here's like, here's a situation that begs, uh, you know, an opportunity to, you know, just go more horror because it didn't. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, that's something it could definitely do with. Um. Yeah. Um. I, an interesting movie that maybe too much of the missed opportunity overshadows some really intriguing things underneath. I mean, yeah, just the, the family dynamics, Richard's angst, yeah. um, what you know, who what Blaze really is underneath versus the exterior, which only the masses see and know. Um, you know, I mean, they only see her exterior, but Richard knows who she really is. Yeah. In his eyes, she has destroyed the family. It's one of those things, like, if you were to, to shoot this whole movie and do everything from his point of view, he would be the hero of this story. Yeah. You know, but the fact, you know, we, we went with her point of view. So it's one of those interesting, you know. It is. But even but even when you, I mean, because even there's a slight moment in there when she, it seems, okay, so like when you, okay, so when he confronts her with the whole, now we don't know if there was actual incest or not. Yeah. But. There is definitely an allusion to it. Yeah. And when he confronts her on it, she does not, A, she doesn't deny it. And B, there is a weird, creepy moment, although it is, it's, it's only really subtly done, but there's that moment between Derek and her. Mm-hmm. Where, or it's either there in the room, oh yeah, where she pecks him on the cheek. Mm-hmm. And there's just something off by, by that. Yeah. It, it's not a typical mom kissing her son on the cheek. There's something weird about that. There is. And even when he's up in his room and she calls him and she's like, I really want you to come down here. Mm. There's there's something there's something off there, man. And it, it is it's crazy for him to, uh, to for him to quote Shakespeare on the ledge of the roof, man. Yeah. This whole thing is a tragedy. It and, is. And, and there's nothing left. And that's why, man, I just, golly, I just wish, I wish he would have had that, that unique 70s little metal controller. Yeah, and just click. Just, you <laughs> could, yes, and you could just, he just hits the button. And just as you're as a viewer, you're like, no. Mm-hmm. He falls off, and then you hear the crash. That'd be great. And then you get the sun down on the bottom. Embracing his father and then put, and then maybe, maybe, you know, I don't know. You, you have to have sort of a, an, another way to, you know, lead on with him. He doesn't have mom to, you know, carry off in the ambulance now, but 
Um, there's, I'm sure you could find some way. Oh yeah. <laughs> Even if that's just the subtle, you know, glee in his eyes or something, you know, as he's embracing his dad. Oh yeah, you you can see it work. A lot of weird stuff, man, in this movie. There is. It's it's an odd one to say the least. And a lot you could just miss if you just quickly breezed through it and chucked up as another, eh, whatever. Yeah. There's some neat <laughs> things. There's some neat things going on in there. There are. I mean, you know, it, it's like I said. There's uh, there's the bones of something really good. It just, you know, like like I said, didn't really know what it wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have put a couple of spikes on those bones and made it pure horror, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, well, you know, now that uh, now that um, David Gordon Green's trilogy and Eli Ross Thanksgiving has sort of breathed some new life into the slasher, it'd be nice if. Uh, if somebody uh, picked up on some of this like we have, and maybe wouldn't that be cool to, to get caught off guard by a New Year's Evil remake? I'd be down for it. I really would. Yeah, that, would be, that would be something. Um, I don't know. Did we uh, – I know we haven't really done this with the other ones. Do we want to rate it real quick or like we, you guys normally yeah. do? Yeah, sure. Uh, for me, um, let me think. I'll, I'll give it like, I'll give it like a six. Because, you know, if it had, uh, chosen, it, it's, you know, you know, if it, if it had chosen its direction right, it would have been higher, but as it is, it kind of sits right in the middle. But so, yeah, I, I'd go six overall. Um, rewatchability, you know, for me, it's not, I, I've watched this movie twice. It's not one I'm going to be running back to. So I give, I give maybe a, a five for rewatchability. And you know, it, it, it's a good-looking Blu-ray, so it's it's worth owning. Um, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go with a seven out of ten. Okay. There's not there's there's some, um, there's some. I guess I, I and you might have said this on another show. There's some enjoyment factor here. Oh yeah, I mean. For, for me, that sort of works in. I think if it wasn't for that, I think I think just I think a six for me would would be would be reasonable. But uh, there's enough enjoyment factor and enough working under the surface for you know for me at least. I it, like I said, the minute he dons the uh, priestly garb and then gets into the uh, uh, motorcycle, the, the accident with the gang and and gets chased off to the drive-in and. Just mm-hmm. that is so enjoyable to watch, and and uh, and the kills. I mean, I think the kills get forgotten about because because of its pacing. Not that it's bad or anything, but it's just because it's more laid out like a thriller. Yeah, I think the the kills that are good. I think they get sort of forgotten about, like uh, the dumpster. And yeah, 
is seeing Sally on the swing set with the bag <laughs> over it's pretty it's a nice it's a nice nod to Christmas, uh, Black Christmas. Um, Definitely. Did you see any other nods to any other movies that might have been in the six or seventies? That that was the main one that I noticed. I didn't really notice any others. I mean, I've noticed stuff since that's probably been like a reference back to this. You know, like I like I in uh, what's it called? Um, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. There's a whole scene in the drive-in there, huh. you know, which is pretty much right out of this. So, uh, but other way around, I haven't. I, you know, there there was there's some stuff I don't know if it's like you know, like the whole like elevator idea and everything. And you get the feeling of like deep red, but I don't know whether it was actually like you know. That's more your typical seventy yeah. thriller type stuff. Yeah. Um, I think which, that's it. I mean, I I I, I see a lot of uh, I see a lot. Yeah, like a lot of seventies like thriller. Um. Uh, you know. Yeah, New Year's Evil song gets points with me. Um. Just having a um, a, a uh, Gialli, Euro Gialli playing on the uh, drive-in is a point you, with me. You know what? Um, for that alone, I'll give it a 7 out of 10 as well. I'll up it <laughs> one point just for that. I'll tell you, in a remake, though, man, in a remake, you've got to have the drive-in scene, and you've got to have these bikers literally pulling people out of their cars, man. That would be great. Just, just going ape shit, man. Just going oh, off, yeah. man. I mean, dude, one of them just went down, man. And you make that accident even more severe. Oh yeah. Like, like, I mean, he's just lost in the thought of the next setup kill. What has he got to accomplish? And mm-hmm. for the one moment in the entire movie, he has this one error, and he totally crushes his poor girl between a bike and his car. Oh yeah. And then he just, for the one and only time in the entire movie, he panics. Yeah. And he flies in that biker game. That, that, that had, that almost sort of, um, uh, the, the, and it wasn't like a complete missed opportunity, but it sort of like reminds you of when Leatherface is in the carnival, man. And just, I mean, there's so much more you wish would have happened. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Not Leatherface or not Leatherface, but, uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw, um, yeah. What, what's what's the one? What is that? Uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, I, so yeah, there's enough there, man. Seven out of ten. Um, okay, rewatchability. I'm with you. I'm somewhere between a five and a six. I'm not going to watch this again anytime too soon. But it's it's in my memory bank now. Mm-hmm. It's there. Um, the fact that Screen Factory gave it a release. Um, if you're a physical media uh, collector, <coughs> which you ought to be. Um, yeah, the fact that Scream Factory, uh, which I, I'm sure there's some goodies on there, mm. um, is worth probably I would imagine is worth the pickup. Um, if if it was anything other than, mm. yeah, if you're in the wild and you see it for a couple bucks in a in a in your you know thrift place or whatever, it's 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 worth a even for the shoddy transfer that it would probably be. But if Scream Factory put it out, it's probably worth picking up just to, uh, um have it i would imagine at some point if i if it if it stays in print i'll probably add it to my screen factory collection 
Um, mm. but yeah, it's, 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 uh, I think, um, uh, there's a lot, like we said, there's a lot more there. Um, and it's unfortunate that it, it just didn't find its way either way. Yeah. Um, but you can see why now Roger Eber said what he said. Yeah. Yeah. This is the last, this is the, the, the last pause before the slasher sort of, um, you know, hits that point where he's more than willing to leave a lot of it by the mm-hmm. wayside. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. This was fun though. This was, this was fun to look at. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> New Year's, New Year's Evil. Uh, oh, and props to the mechanical device he uses for his voice. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, dude's got some serious anger issues, but I think he's right to have them. Um, but I don't know if it's necessary to be pulling people into dumpsters, but. <laughs> <laughs> It's a procreation room. I'll never forget that either. Oh, one last thing on this movie. Mm-hmm. How how healthy is it to have these inmates who half of them are probably sedated or drugged up watching watching this mess on their TV? Yeah, probably not the the greatest. Uh, I mean, that's just, idea. That just begs that these these loonies, man, are just gonna. Bounce off the walls and just go, go, just go crazy. Yeah. I mean, cause they were all in there bouncing around anyways off the walls and the nurses are just sitting there laughing. I'm just waiting, you know, I tell you, that would have been a crazy scene. If you had a moment like where those loonies just went loose, man, and just took those nurses down, man. Mm. <laughs> that would have, that would have been good. <laughs> uh, that's not what this movie was after, so. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only thing I think it was just crossed my mind that I remember. Because you get the one guy at the table who's sort of moving that uh that car thing along and the other guy just smashes it. I, I love that. That was a great scene. It was just like, boof. <laughs> yeah, at that point, you think you might want to be turning the TV off and getting these people to bed. and Probably, yeah. It would probably be a smart idea. <laughs> um, anyways, last, last thought before we close this out. Uh... Although a decent, uh, a decent film, it's not perfect, but you know, you can, you can do worse. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, I'll follow that. You can definitely, I think you can do a lot worse. If, if you're looking for a straight up gut wrenching horror flick in the vein of the prowler you're, you're probably you know you're not going to get acquainted with this but if you're looking for something that like we've said over and over that is somewhere between um i think your analogy was perfect 10 to midnight or halloween if you're looking for something in between it's somewhat of a callback to the 70s thrillers but but dipping their toes into you know the water that is a little bit more horror just a little bit ever so subtly then this this might be a fun watch for you then. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's fun for what it is. I mean just just don't go expecting, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't go expecting like a. Uh, my brain my brain stopped working. Um, 
don't go expecting like a masterpiece and you know you'll you'll have fine you'll have you'll have fun you know it is what it is <laughs> all right uh before we close out um we don't do this as much as we should probably um where we can where can we find uh ourselves oh yeah um uh, you can hear both of us over on um uh, the Body Bags uh, YouTube channel. Um, I'm the Monday host. Um, Rob's, Wednesday. Rob's Wednesday, yeah. Um, you can find me at uh, BDG Reviews on YouTube. Uh, and you're over at uh, VHS82 apostrophe, right? Yep. And <laughs> I know we both are constantly got stuff going up. and. Oh, yeah. So and some good things coming down uh, the road for um, for body bags. So, oh yeah, definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah. So, do we want to say what we're doing next, or just leave it uh, till we get to it? Uh, we'll leave it for now. We uh, we'll make you sweat. And we do have it. we do have something we're looking at though. That'd be fun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's it. Uh, we will see you next time. Out. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. <laughs>